Awesome. Well, this morning we are we're going to be jumping into Acts, and I'm going to probably be rifling through a little bit, or we'll just miss lunch. One of the two. Um, but we're going to be um, we're going to be speaking on boldness because there, there's this comment in, in in Acts four a little bit later talking about the boldness in Peter. This boldness that that should be in us as well. There's a boldness that should be in us. Am I am I speaking to y'all here? Is this on? Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure because there is a boldness in Peter that we should have in us as well. Now, there was a boldness in Peter. He would, he would speak things from his mind, and usually the, he would just shove his sandal deeper into his mouth. Um, but this is a different Peter. We've said that last week. This, this, this different Peter, there's a boldness there. And I thought of a couple, went, went and found a couple of quotes that I thought were pretty, um, pretty good at, at, at fleshing out some of this boldness. Um, this first one is, boldness doesn't mean rude obnoxious, loud, or disrespectful. Being bold is being firm, sure, confident, fearless, daring, strong, resilient, and not easily intimidated. It means you're willing to go where you've never been. You're willing to try what you've never tried and willing to trust what you've never trusted. Boldness is quiet, not noisy. That's for Mike Iancanelli. Um, this is an old one, but a goodie. Fortune sides with him who dares. That's from Virgil. And I thought this one just is fitting and, 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 and fits. Um, he was a bold man that first ate the oyster. Jonathan Swift. So, I have a question for you, and this is what we're going to go through just thinking about this morning is, what does bold look like for a church on mission? Let me say that again. What does bold look like for a church on mission? What does that look like for us? How, how are you being bold for Jesus? Let that sit a little bit. Let that resonate in your spirit, because how are you being bold for Jesus? If people in the church are on mission and are to be bold, what oyster are we needing to try? You know, that's a, that's a different way to think outside of the box. I, I'm thinking about that. Like, like who looked at that and went, oh, I'm going to eat this? I mean, even now, I mean, Kelly's going, I wouldn't eat it now. People say it's edible, but I like oysters, but I don't know if I would have been as bold as that person that tried it the first time. And how do you come up with the way you eat things, right? It's like coffee. I always, I, I always, this always gets me. It's like God created this plant that has a cherry on it, that has a pit inside of it that, okay, the cherry's really bitter, and it's like, uh, I don't really want to eat this, this, this cherry, okay? Right? So nobody's going to eat the fruit. But somebody decided to take the pit to take and roast it. Well, dry it first. Take all the stuff off of the, that, that seed. Take the seed and then roast it to the point of almost burnt, then you grind it and you pass hot water through it, and then you drink it. Yeah, it is. It's fabulous. But who came up with that? How did you come up with something like that? This thing tastes horrible. Let's take the pit, right? I guess it's kind of like that, that thing. Have you ever had that where somebody goes, oh, this is horrible. Try this. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's like, I'm not trying that. I saw your face. You just want to see my face do the same thing. 
But somebody was doing that. Somebody was bold in trying something new, right? A raw olive. Ooh. It's like eating a pine tree. Um, but what is the oyster in our life that we need to try? Yeah? And really, just what, is, what, what does bold look like for a church on mission? What does it look like? The, the series we're in is act, Active, Living on Mission. And this morning, it's titled Standing Bold. So far, we have in Acts, we have this. We, we see how the church was formed. We, we get this idea of how, how the church was formulated. We see Acts 2, and we kind of see how, how, how it was coming together, how the Holy Spirit was making this come to fruition, right? We saw some miraculous things. We saw um, how they waited and prepared for the Holy Spirit, and we see this receiving of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit moved in them so much that there were people that heard their own languages from people. They were speaking in, in, in tongues, but they were hearing their own languages, and they were talking to each other going, no, he's speaking, he's speaking, Roman, uh, you know, like Latin. No, he's, he's speaking Egyptian. No, he's speaking, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they were hearing their own language at the same time, and this is a miraculous thing. There were power-filled things that were happening. They were adding believers to this group, this, this church, this, this budding church that was happening. We see this measure of, of, of men, this measure of women, right? We talked about that, that what makes our character we talked about the, the power of, the, of a church on fire with the Holy Spirit. I'd say on fire because the, the tongues of fire, right? But there is a sense of us being on fire. It's a, there's a passion that comes into us that we'll try that oyster that we're supposed to do, right? That Holy Spirit will cause us to do things that are bold. You can say amen. That's Okay. <laughs> I, I, hear, I hear John, he's saying, yes, yes, amen. And, and, and I'm like, I can hear him from the back row. I can't hear nobody else. We are a Pentecostal church, even if I, you know, I, I may not set your hair on fire with, with what I'm saying, and, it, you know, that, that's okay, but you can speak up. It's, it, it, that's, it's good, right? Amen? Amen? All right. Got a good one in there. We see that Jesus is this cornerstone. The cornerstone that was rejected by all the Jewish leaders, all the people in Jerusalem. And yet, this is the cornerstone. This is that, that capstone of that archway of creation. It is a capstone of his creation. His purpose in, in sending Jesus into this world was to be a cornerstone of the greatest thing that he was doing, of reconciling us to him. Right? There was only one work of creation that was cre the, the seven days, you know, six days he created, and then he rested on the seventh day. But this is something that he spoke into that creation to reconcile us from the fall. And this week we are going to be, it's going to be about boldness being more valuable than education or religion. I mean, ultimately, faith is more valuable than religion, but, but even our boldness can be more valuable than religiosity. 
than the things that we might do. Because in being bold, we're going to speak the things we need to speak. We're going to go places that we may not have gone before because of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, turn with me, if you will, to Acts 4, 7, uh, 13 through 17. It says this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men. Okay, uneducated common men. I'll go on in a moment here, but, but think about this. They're, they're perceiving that they're uneducated. Who's perceiving this? The educated. They're able to say they don't use those $5 words or even the $10 words. These guys, are, they're, they, they, they seem to smell like, they smell like the, the water. They smell like fish. They smell like sheep. They, they smell like those that are not part of our class. Does that seem a little bit egotistical? Education shouldn't lead us to a place of ego. Education should support what the Lord has already spoken. Um, and if, the, if it's not supporting what the Lord has already spoken, then it, it may not be of value. No. Ed, uneducated common men, they were astonished. How can they speak so well? They're uneducated, not like us. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Ooh, there's a good recognition, right? They recognized that they had been with Jesus. Did you hear, did you hear Sky this morning? There was a couple times he was just right on the edge of it talking about that, that Dennis and us, that, that he's like, we perceive that there's a, what you're doing, there's flesh on it in Dennis. And I'm just picking on you. This, this is all of us here, right? When we hear Sky, we're hearing his words. Are, did that hit you in the heart at all? That we as a church support that. We support What's going on down there? Yes, Dennis and, and the guys are the ones that are, that are down there, and they're the face of that. But there is a, there's a ministry that is happening there where people feel like they're not just being brushed aside. They're being loved. And that's how it should be. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Talk about evidence. But when they, did uh, when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that uh, a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Everybody knows about this. And, they cannot, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. I can't even say Jesus' name. In this name. It is stated so well in Joshua. It speaks of not letting the book of the law depart from our lips. Right? You remember this? Um, yet, John 1 says it's so, so clearer that Jesus is the word. Joshua 1, 8 and 9 says, This book of the law, or you could insert Jesus, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Be bold. 
Can we, can we say that that fits strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The first thought this morning, boldness is in Jesus silences the opposition. We see that. They, they had spoken this boldness in Jesus and this man was raised up, right? He's walking. They know it. Everyone has passed this man going into the temple. They know that this man did not walk for years. And now he's walking and dancing and leaping, right? We, we read that. And because he is leaping, the opposition is silenced. This is the same Jesus they were able to, to railroad into being, going to the cross, right? And suddenly they're like silenced. They, he, there's evidence Everybody's seen this. It's probably because there's a lot of people that are coming into this, this church, right? There wasn't that many people in the church when Jesus went to the cross, but now there are people in the church, and they're suddenly going, there's a bigger crowd. We'll just tell them not to speak about Jesus. How well does that go? Jesus is with you when you share your faith and testimony with anyone. David repeats, repeatedly asks to not be put to shame in the Psalms. Was he put to shame? Only when he strayed away from being that man after God's own heart. Right? Because there was a bit of shame in his life, but he still was a man after God's own heart because when it, when it came up and he was turned around, it was like, oh, God forgive me. I mean, he got himself lined back up with Jesus, ultimately his Lord, as he says in the psalm. What's the worst that anyone can say to you if you share your faith? What's the worst that they can do to you? What? They can kill you. But isn't that the best thing? I mean, it sounds horrible, but if you get killed, you're kind of like, oh, well, no, I'm not really thinking about that because I'm praising God for the next thousand years. And eternity, but... The first thousand years, you might just be on your face because you can't stand. But you think about that. I mean, somebody could say, no. That's not horrible. Or they could, they could shout at you. Does, does that stop you from speaking the name of Jesus? They could spit on you. That's maybe inconvenient and kind of gross. But does that stop you from being able to share your faith? If they kill you, your, your, your faith is still going to be spoken through your life and the fact that you spoke it and that's what they did to you. So even if that happens, it's, it's, it's a win. It's a win for Jesus, isn't it? I know that I, I'm probably among some of you that, that martyrdom is not necessarily the highest on my, my list of spiritual gifts that I know of. Um, it, it's definitely do those spiritual gift tests, probably down there pretty far on mine. I, I don't see myself going off and being martyred somewhere, but who knows? Who knows what the Lord will ask you to do? People are like, please don't pray for that for me. That's a one-time gift, really, you, you know? You can't really use that one over and over again. It's one and done. Acts 4, 23 through 28 goes on. It says, um, when they were released, here's what they did. 
they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. They were excited to say this. They just told us not to speak the name of Jesus. Why were they excited? Why were they excited? Anybody? Yeah, the, the persecution. They're like, oh. So this is like the last, last week we talked about the, the first, uh, the, that first major uh, 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 miracle. And now we're seeing persecution. It's like we had a miracle, and now we have persecution all in the same day. Well, same couple days. But, but really, it's like, wow. Same 24 hours. It goes on, and, and when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the, and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of the Father David, our Father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and rulers um, were together um, against the Lord and against his anointed. This is David. He's talking about the Lord. And his anointed. And hmm. one of those Christophanies talking about Jesus before Jesus was on the scene. Uh, For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, among, um, among with the Gentiles, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand um, and your plan had predestined to take place. Okay, so the quote. Um, that Peter uses, he's taken that from Psalm two. He's taken this whole thing where why do the people's you know, that, that whole the why do the people's um, uh, Gentiles rage? Why do the people's plot in vain? Um, you know, there, there's this this interesting thought that you know when when uh, Mel Gibson did the 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 movie The Passion of the Christ, there was a lot of this stirring in 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 um, in the news and media of how anti-Semitic it was. Right? Because it was very anti-Semitic. Because it was saying that the Jews put Jesus to death. Well, it is true. But the thing is, is Peter is pointing out the fact that it wasn't just the, the Jews. It was the Gentiles and everybody else that was in Jerusalem at that time. So the thing is, if we kind of go, hey, we're Gentiles. The Jews were the ones that, no. If we were in Jerusalem at that time, we would have been saying the same exact things. Our sins, and even in our lifetime now, there is a point in our lives before we recognize our need for the Savior, we put him there. Just as much as the people that were there. But I find it interesting that Peter makes sure to point out the fact that it was everybody, not just the Jews. I think that this this has implications um, that people were unified in sending Jesus to the cross. We talk about unity, but sometimes we miss the fact that unity can be a blessing and a curse. Conversely, we should be unified with Christ, unified in Christ, unified with other believers. We see that in, the, in, in, in Acts 2 where it's talking about they were all together and, and they had everything in common. It's kind of hard to do, right, in practice? It's hard to have everything. Just start talking about politics. Are we going to have everything in common? 
Well, we should if we boil it down and we say, you know what, Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever the heck those are, they're not a part of the kingdom. They're just a part of our address. We get to live here for a while. We're not home yet. So our politics should first be for the kingdom. And second or 20th, this kingdom. Because this is the kingdom of the world. And I don't know if I want to I hang my hat on some football team. I might wear a hat of a football team, but I'm not going to hang my hat on that or on some political ideology that no matter what part of the aisle you look at is not going to be in conjunction with Jesus. There may be some things that, that they've gleaned from the word, but it's only going to be a little bit of truth and a whole lot of lie. Because the world will do that. The world is going to take some things that, and package it and make it look like, hey, that's good. That's got Jesus in it. He just evoked Jesus from, from the Oscars, from the stage. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm sure Jesus is going, I, 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 okay. <laughs> we can't just say that the world is, is, is walking with the Lord. We need to be focused on walking with the Lord ourselves. The second thought here is boldness in Jesus is activated in unity and prayer. That unity that we, we might have with some other people, in, other believers where we're in common, in a common place where we come together like this and we gather and we celebrate. When we come together and we pray, there is a lot that happens. It, it, this faith is activated. Our, our faith um, reaches out and, and the miraculous can happen. Boldness will happen. We often forget that, the, that great works of the Lord are preceded by prayer and strengthened by our unity. Prayer is really the, the first step of being bold. So if you want boldness in your life, pray for it. This is not like a, a, a prosperity gospel. You know, it's not name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. This is... This is something that it says in the word that if we pray for that boldness, we will have boldness to share his word, to share the life that he has in us and that can be in others as well. Think about it. The, the quote from Armstrong, one small step for man, one, one giant leap for mankind. For us, it might be a little bit more like one small step by man, one giant leap for God. Or maybe like trim it down a little more. One small step by man, one giant God. Maybe it's more like this. God, can you enable me to take this next step? That's, that's where boldness will start. Because sometimes we get to that point where we're like, I'm going to take this next step. Can you bless me in this, God? That's not how prayer works. Prayer works go, God, I don't know where to step next. Can you show me where to step in this? Can you show me where to step in my faith? Can you show me where to step in talking to my family about Jesus? Can you show me how to step through this, this loss 
Can you walk with me through that? Get me through to the other side of this. Because you'll never overcome that, that loss. You'll only go through it. Yes? So prayer has got to precede all of this. We are also in this together. So when you really think about it, unity matters. When we are not unified, we're not really, somebody's going to say like, hey, I feel like the Lord said that, that you shouldn't do this. And somebody else is going, well, I feel like the Lord said that I should. Who's listening to the Lord? Somebody's not. But I think that if we, if we really get to a place where we're, we're spending time in prayer, if somebody comes up to us and we feel like, hey, I'm supposed to take this step, but one of our unified brothers or sisters says, hey, I don't, I don't know. Well, I, I think so, but let, let's pray about this together. Can you pray with me? Because what will happen is if we're unified, that prayer time is going gonna, is gonna to bring that to fruition, that maybe there's a different step that neither of you are looking at. Does that make sense? We see, that, um, we see that as Peter and John gathered with their people and told them how they were um, uh, to stop talking about Jesus, they go together um, to prayer. So they were excited about this, this persecution, but they went together in prayer. And it says in um, uh, verses 29 through 31, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak um, your word with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. When we are boldness, people, I gotta, I gotta tell you, when we are, are living from a place of boldness, even the natural world can be affected. When we're bold, yes, there's the spiritual realm. There's, there's things that happen in people's lives spiritually. But you see, in the word, it said that the, the, that the world was shaken. That's a unity. That's a boldness. That is, that is them praying and the Lord giving them confirmation. So even in the natural, things can change. Number three, boldness. Boldness in Jesus overpowers and overthrows. Overpowers. Oh, sorry, empowers and overthrows. Wow, I combined the two. It empowers us, but it overthrows the enemy. Um, as we speak the name of Jesus, we are empowered. We are lifted. We are strengthened. We are emboldened. We are filled with the authority, and, and things are shaken. People's trees are shaken. Zacchaeus, remember? I love that. When we are bold in the Lord, darkness is overthrown. Strongholds are taken down in people's lives. There's a, there, there are strongholds that, these are, these are places where they might be mindsets that we get ourselves into. They might be places that we get ourselves uh, in that stinking thinking. You know what I'm talking about? 
when we, when we think things about ourselves that, that maybe a friend would be like, stop thinking that about yourself. Stop thinking that about my friend. Right? Anybody? You, you with me on this? Because there's some stinking thinking we can get into where we, we think poorly about ourselves in a way that Jesus would even say, you're, you're, you're the child of God. You're a child of a living God. Stop thinking that way about yourself. Stop thinking that way. Get into unity. Get into prayer. And be bold. Be strong and courageous. That little section in Joshua, if you ever go to that first chapter, he says be strong and courageous a whole bunch of times. Maybe two. But it's a whole bunch of times. Maybe three. Um, but when we're bold like that, there's, the, the people's sins are forgiven. We can forgive. Whew. Oh, that stings, right? Because, you know what, the thing is, our sins, our, our, our mistakes can be forgiven because we forgive. We see that in the Word, right? It says that by as much that we, we have forgiven, we will, we will be forgiven, right? That's, that's a Jeremy version. Don't, don't quote me on that. Um, but I, I love that concept that as we forgive, we will be forgiven. It's hard to do in practice on our own, in our own strength. But when we stand in Jesus and we forgive somebody that has wronged us, has hurt us, then we can be forgiven. Also, when we are in this place of unity, when we're in this place of boldness, and we're in this place and we're praying, ultimately people are changed. People's lives are changed because what we're investing ourselves in, in the name of Jesus. And how we're speaking to other people in the name of Jesus. I'm going to have some slow nods. Yeah? But ultimately, when people are changed, we're going to see that and we're going to be changed. You know, there, there may be people that have said, well, we'll just see how that ministry goes. We'll just see what kind of fruit there is. And then we see the fruit and we're like, oh. That little oh, that's something changed inside of us. Oh. It did, it, it, wow, that did work. When we see somebody like, like Zoe, I don't know if you've, you've seen her. She's a little bit of an evangelist, um, a whole lot. I pray for my mom. Their conversations are really long, and Kelly, or Zoe spends a lot of time just going, but Grandma, you need to know Jesus because I want to see you in heaven. I listen to her, and I'm just changed. I'm like going, oh, wow. I mean, I've said some bold things to my mom, but Zoe says some things that amaze me and give me hope. Give me a hope for her and a hope for me and her. Why don't you go ahead and set your things aside? 